Relatively Geeky presents Doom Speak, Doctor Doom, issues eight and nine. Welcome to the eighth self-isolated quarantined episode of Doom Speak, in which we are observing and celebrating one of the most important eras in comicsdom, the issuance by Marvel Comics of a comic book bearing the glorious title Doctor Doom. And in this episode, we'll be looking at two issues, because twice the doom is twice the fun. We'll be looking at Doctor Doom issues 8 and 9. And yes, we have taken some time off from this title, but that just enabled us to rest up and prepare for the final run. Because of course, after these two issues, there's only one more left. But first, a little feedback about issue 7. Ranger Gord, member in good standing of Friends of Old Doom, wrote in, Magnifique! That's the Latvian translation for magnificent as it comes through the French. Once again, a professorly and scholarly look at at book 7 of the official chronicling of our benevolent one. As he once again maneuvers through all of the Marvel Universe that matters, that is, whoever and whatever is allowed to appear in this sacred chapter. Fear not that the propaganda of Richard's cronies deem that such a word as cancellation shall loom with the turning of the tenth such chronicle, as recently explained by Doom's first minister of public information, this title shall not end in the hearts of those who complete Doom. This title will merely be published under some other name, just as Astonishing Tales, Supervillain Team-Up, and Doom 2099 continue to publish today under such clandestine nomenclature as X-Men or Millie the Model, and of course, (sighs) Fantastic Four. Just look for Doom in any Marvel title, because that is where he'll be. If one is truly possessed of the insight of Sir Victor, one can read through the subtext, the hidden messages, secret codes, and invisible ink. One can find doom in any Marvel title, just as he remains in our hearts in these triumphant and glorious and hopeful times. Why, I hear from my Canadian listening post that many, many Americans will be voting for doom very soon. Yes, Gord, it will certainly an election full of doom. The rumor, Gord continues, is that Kang will be appearing in something called Ant-Man 3. Balderdash, again more subterfuge. We know who the true hero will be of that film in any film. I must now return to my capturing of bear mounts for the use of His Majesty. Here, boo-boo. Here, boy. I have a new bow tie. Hail Doom, Ranger Gord. (laughs) Thank you, friend. Yes, I think you have summed up perfectly the feelings of us Doomiacs here as we recognize the fact that Doctor Doom, the series, will be ending at issue 10. And we got this dispatch 
from Sir Luke Giaconetti. Professor, in life, I find it's good to have things which you can count on as a certainty. The sun will always rise in the east and set in the west. Sixty seconds will always be a minute, and what goes up will without fail come down. We can now add to that list of certainties that nothing, nothing any of us can ever do, will ever be as awesome, as gnarly, as utterly heavy metal as Dr. Doom riding a bear. Yes, Luke. Yes. And yes. Aside from that, I enjoyed the structure of this issue quite a bit. The idea of all of Doom's allies having to literally bend the knee and pledge fealty to him is not only wonderfully in character for Victor, but also demonstrative of the fact that to some, loyalty, quote-unquote, is not an outdated or outmoded concept. Doom may have done some, okay, a lot, of questionable deeds in the past, but he's still fundamentally an honest man who will tell you the truth of what he is doing. He is, if you'll pardon the phrase, a square in the old-fashioned sense of the word. Do what you say, say what you mean. And as befits someone of that nature, he demands it from his subjects as well. Wonderful piece of narrative construction in this issue. You know, Luke, I think that is a very good psychological analysis and cultural analysis of Doom and his world. Luke says that he was disappointed to hear that Dr. Doom will end at issue 10. I think that's just the market for a lot of these atypical leads books nowadays for comparison. Recent launches for Ghost Rider and the Venom-adjacent character Scream failed to make 10 issues. And the recent Morbius book also appears bound to end around that mark. But on the upside, this should make for a really handsome volume, all 10 issues collected together. I don't think we'll see a hardcover, but a nice, meaty, soft cover will look very nice on my bookshelf. Digging the ride for however long it lasts, Sir Luke of the Upstate. Thank you, Luke. And just between us, I think it's pretty gracious of me to not be mad at you for stealing my writer so he can take a whack at your C-list lackey, that, that iron fella, thus killing my favorite comic book. Note, Luke, nope, not bitter one bit. And Michael Wagner tweeted the truth. Doom on the Bears, my favorite scene in any comic I've seen in a long, long time. And I think that Bond, Jack Bond, summed it all up very, very well. Take away from your episode on issue seven, Professor. One is either a friend of old Doom, F-O-O-D, or they're merely food, F-O-O-D as in to be eaten by a bear. And then Jack suggested an easy-to-remember slogan, Don't brood, back food. And I'm pretty sure a dance mix of that slogan is already rocketing up the music charts, you know, in Latveria. 
and maybe soon, Simcaria. Thank you, Jack. Social media support for that episode also came from Sir, Sir Martin of Grey, Jason from Hawaii, Laurel Mountainflower from the Hunters Podcast, Pat from the Longbox Crusade, Cyber Jagger, Supergirl's favorite blogger, Dr. Ange, Manuel Carmona of Truthful Comics, Kirk Spencer, Big Five Army, Karen from Between the Pages, James Williams from... from Karen, Derek William Crabb, that total fan hole, Chris Willett Clinton from Fan Film Friday, Chris Lydon, Robert Ludwig, the most sane man among us, Rifty, Green Lantern HG, the long box of darkness, at Doombot, The Empire 79, Sean from Secret Wars and Beyond, Mike from Comics in the Golden Age, Gene Gene the Podcast Machine, Hendrix, Randy Watts, Vic and Phoenix, and our listeners of the year, Ruth and Darren Sutherland of the excellent Rad Adventures Network. Thank you for that doomtabulous support. I do appreciate it. And it does not go unnoticed in the corridors of power in Doomstadt. Now, before we take a break, let me give us all a sneak preview of the upcoming issues that we're going to cover with this blurb from previews for issue eight. After regaining his throne, Dr. Doom presses his advantage and invades Simcaria with the intent to conquer and annex the entire nation. And with the ultimate nullifier in hand, he's able to keep the entire world at bay while he declares total war on the country that tried to overthrow him. Once the dust settles, he realizes he's humanity's last hope for preventing an unstable black hole from annihilating all of Earth. So with your appetites properly wedded for action, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will dive mercilessly into Doctor Doom, issues 8 and 9. Are you tired of fanboy comics podcasts? Looking for a show that really appreciates the comic storytelling medium and how it works? A show that looks at comics from any genre and anywhere in the world, comparing the storytelling techniques of different creators and different comics cultures, with manga, newspaper strips, European comics, and more discussed alongside mainstream U.S. comics. A show that includes talks with well-known creators like James Robinson and Dan Jurgens, and with less famous creators that you really should know. And hey, we'll even critique your comics. If you're looking for that show, then you're looking for Deconstructing Comics, and it's right here at DeconstructingComics.com. Also available in iTunes and on Stitcher. This is Tim saying check out our show every Monday. That's Deconstructing Comics. And we're back. For the synopses for these issues, we'll do them one at a time. Spoilers. For the events of issues 8 and 9, I'm going to go through these comics scene by scene. You've been warned. Doctor Doom number 8 had a cover date of December 2020, was released on Wednesday, October 28th, 2020, with a cover price of $3.99. The cover, by Salvador Larraca, shows an army of green and silver-clad warriors carrying a, a variety of weapons. 
In the distance, we see Doom's banner flying over the troops. Clearly, we are marching off to war. The story, Peace in the Valley, was written by the traitorous Christopher Cantwell. Sorry. The talented Christopher Cantwell. With art by Salvador La Roca. First, the recap from the first page. Doom publicly condemned the dangerous flaws of an international program called the Antlion Project, which involved generating a black hole on the moon to solve climate change. So when Latvian missiles struck the facility, killing nearly 3,000 people and creating an expanding black hole, he became the prime suspect. Doom escaped a brief imprisonment and became convinced that the nation of Simkaria framed him for the antlion attack to usurp his rule of Latveria. He trekked back to his homeland, acquiring the ultimate nullifier on the way. To reclaim his power, Doom began by killing his Simkarian replacement, but was confronted by a disturbing vision of his own hideously scarred would-be future children. Meanwhile, Adam Brashear, the Blue Marvel, attempted to seal the black hole with the aid of a version of Dr. Otto Octavius, who seems to have entered the rift from the other side. We start issue eight with a handwritten journal entry. Now, right at this point, I have to make sure that proper credit goes to VC's Corey Pettit as the letterer for this issue, because we've all read comic book stories that have contained handwritten bits, letters, notes, journals. And more often than not, maybe more like almost every time, they are very hard to read. But in this issue, and maybe it's a credit to Doom's immaculate penmanship, but these bits are pretty easy to read. In his words, he recounts being shocked by the visions of his potential future children who scarred their faces to be more like him. Zora, a.k.a. his herald Victorious, found him in shock and returned to him the ultimate nullifier. It was not a test, it was trust. I feel Victorious may be my only true ally. This night was my darkest in a long time. He has also... Fairly enough, a few harsh things to say about Reed Richards. Coward. He couldn't even look me in the eye and admit his failure. Reed didn't show up to steal the antlion rift, so the world asked Doom to do it. To be sure, it's a pretty good idea, and it's where they should have turned first, actually. Now, Doom agrees to save the planet with just one minor... Little, barely noticeable condition that I first be allowed to conquer Simkaria and take it for my own. Doom admits to himself that he loves war, especially when he's winning. I am a strong proponent of total war and no quarter. He invades his neighbor, Simkaria, and pretty much destroys the country. Some of the so-called heroes 
of the world, let Galactus know that the nullifier had been stolen by Doom, and Galactus recalled the device to his world. Doom believes the dreams were caused by the nullifier, so in some ways, he's not really going to miss it. Meanwhile, woven through the Doom storyline, which we'll get right back to, we have a few pages visiting the Blue Marvel and Otto Octavius situation. First, they're both naked, which, for what it's worth, is an interesting artistic choice. Now, in terms of a plot, when the two of them are at the heart of the antlion singularity, it is completely overrun by the brood. In the end, all Blue Marvel can do is escape through the portal to parts unknown where hopefully he'll find his clothes. But back to the main storyline. We learn that Doom's sword hall contains over 50,000 swords. Now that, my friends, is one heck of a sword hall. He uses one of the, one of the better ones to fight the Countess Katerina, the leader of the coup plotters. And he kills her. Only one minor mistake. It turns out that the ringleader was Ionella Novotny. Under heavy interrogation, she admitted her origins. Early in life, she had been a Simkarian spy in Latveria. Now, as part of her deep cover, she spent all her life in Doom's land and married and had a child whom she named Zora. I know this child, now fully grown, as victorious. I discovered that my one true ally had Simkarian blood. Now here we switch and we get some narration from Zora's perspective. Simkarian blood flows through my veins, the blood of my enemies. I'm the champion of Latveria, but I'm not even Latverian. I feel hollow now, without root. What have I been victorious over? How else have I been wrong? Needing assurance of my loyalty, my master ordered me to execute a woman I have never known. For today I met and murdered my mother. I choose Latveria. I choose Doom. I will serve as his herald, but I will also protect Latveria, even if one day I must protect it from him. Back to Doom's notes. We see that he had Silver Sable remove her father as prime minister of Simcaria, while the rest of the conspirators were, you know, let's just say, taken care of the old-fashioned way. As the thrill of war fades, Doom wonders how the future version of himself unified and pacified the entire world when he is daunted by the conquest of one small nation. He is struggling with food shortages, refugees, a lack of shelter. And on the last page, his musings turn inward, turn personal. Zora, is the closest thing to a daughter I may ever have. But who wants a monster for a father? A father who orders his daughter to kill her mother. Now, Zora may never be the same. But he determines to change, to transform. 
I will evolve the creature of Victor Von Doom and bring order and peace to this world. I choose the good. To be continued. In Doctor Doom number 9, which had a cover date of January 2021, which was released on November 25th, 2020, with a cover price, again, of $3.99. The cover, again, by Salvador LaRocca, shows a full face portrait of Doom himself, half of his face covered by his traditional and awesome metal mask, and half of his face uncovered. And on both sides, his eyes are intense. There was an alternate cover for this title by Declan Shelby, which is pretty good as well, especially the goldish yellow and and black color scheme in it. Doom is floating in space with the yellow-gold energy emanating from an upraised fist, and then that, that golden energy, that golden light is filling him behind him. And I'd be satisfied with either of those covers, truth be told. The story, The Windmills of My Mind, was written by the betrayer, Christopher Cantwell. Oh, oops, uh, my bad. I meant the brilliant Christopher Cantwell. With art by Salvador LaRocca. First, the brief recap from the first page. Actually, just the new bits that have been added since last issue. Now, Doom is ready to prove his greatness to the world by resolving the antlion crisis at all costs. We start issue 9 in the middle of Doom's moon mission going live on TV. Talk about a ratings bonanza. We learn that all charges against him regarding the original explosion have been dropped, and now he's headed to the moon with 10 Doombots, a big old laser and a solid plan to dissipate the antlion black hole. As the TV says, he may indeed save all of humankind. Reed Richards is back on Earth chatting with Captain America about his feelings, which are mixed. I know better than most how brilliant that man is. I actually feel safe knowing it's him up there. But still, he's got to be loving this. The plan is foolproof. Doom means not just the whole rescuing the planet, that plan, but also the plan to reveal to the world his newfound dedication to all things heroic. I will atone, and then I will be loved, and then I will rule all of Earth with great humility. Because when you think about it, throughout his long career, Doom has proven how awesome and wonderful and terrific he is at so many things. I mean, can you just imagine? I mean, nobody is going to be better at being humble than Doom will be. And if you give him credit, it's a pretty reasonable and benevolent plan. Now, he is planning his after-saving-the-world speech and... His intentions are to turn himself in for imprisonment for his past actual crimes. He even has three preferred locations to serve his sentence, however long that may be, before being interned. I will publicly 
transfer reign of Latveria to Victorious. It's the least I can do, given what I've asked of her. And just as he's getting ready to execute his foolproof plan, the worst possible thing happens. Read Richard's calls. That s***ing son of a Look, Doom's whole purpose here is to correct Richard's mistakes because Richard's caused this whole black hole thing to happen. Let's never forget that. I mean, that and some Simkarian missiles. But mostly, come on, it's Richard's fault. Now, he claims that he just wants to wish Victor luck. And both men get a little prickly. All I meant... Reed says, is that I think this is going to be successful. I'm certain it will be. Good. Aren't you certain? I know it's excellent work. Tell me what I know, Reed. That you're certain that your work is perfect. But you don't think it's perfect. I told you, I believe it is. When did you say that? You said no such thing. And believing is different from knowing. Reed hangs up, his evil work done. Y'all have seen the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Remember Grima Wormtongue? Imagine him with an irritating white streak by his temples. And you get what is happening in this pointless, meaningless, interruptive conversation. After this, Doom has a free an open conversation with a dozen or so of his closest Doombots, and he draws the obvious conclusion. Richard knows something. He knows of a flaw, and he'd rather let the thing explode than to let Doom become a hero. I mean, why else would he call? Just to wish luck? Richard would never do that. So Doom sends the Doombots to inspect the equipment again and not finding anything. Doom orders an adjustments to the mirrors and angular velocity. And that is when it all goes pear-shaped. And on the last page, we have Doom drawing the obvious and clear conclusion. I was ready to save the world and become its hero. It would have worked! But Richard would never let that happen. And now, because of him, and him alone. And then in the last panel, we see the moon, which sort of, maybe, seems to kind of explode. To be concluded. Brief analysis. These are another couple of winning Issues, intense, dramatic, heartbreaking. So let's just expand upon that even just a little bit here. We are clearly headed for a fall, for a tragedy of Shakespearean proportions, or at least Thomas Hardy proportions. Let's just say, I'm not sensing a happy ending for our dear and beloved leader. So typical of the hashtag fake news we get about Dr. Doom. This all reminds me of Secret Wars 3 from a few years back, where 
If you stopped after issue seven and a half, Doom was clearly and properly and rightly saving the whole world. And then, you know, sure, whatever, he'd get to rule it. Unfortunately, for a variety of reasons that I'm not going to go into here, but if you can find my YouTube channel, you'll see me making the connections with all of the pushpins and yarn between big comic, big news, big podcasting, big law, big stretching, and big troublemaking. It's clear what's happening here. Now, I'm not saying that Richards released a disease upon the world that caused a worldwide pandemic, shutting down the comic book industry, and then using that time to get to Christopher Cantwell and force him to leave this book after making him script this risible ending. I mean, it's a shame. I don't have a lot of what you would call, like, evidence for that, but can you prove that Richards wasn't behind it? It certainly seems like something he could have done. Come on, sheeple, just open your mind. Think about it. Okay, let's talk about the contents of these two uh, documentary reports we have before us. Man, all the stuff with Victorious in issue eight. As if, remember when we thought that kneeling before Doom in issue seven was rough to see? How about ordering Zora to kill her mother? And then her doing it. Like, wow. I do hope that she comes through next issue unscathed, but I don't know quite what to expect on that account. And then in issue nine, Richard's picking right at the area of Doom's most sensitive sensitivities. Because of how he treated Victor in college, Richards knows that Doom has trust issues, trust issues regarding Richards in particular. And hearkening all the way back to Doom's comic book debut, mirroring that action, we have that Richards not finding fault with Doom's work, but Doom making changes anyway, with tragic results. Now, of course, that happens to be what we would call really good writing. And I do need to say this to traditional readers of comic books. These two issues are not what one would necessarily call action-packed. The drama is not of the punchy-punchy, run-run variety. It's more of the suspense and tension variety. And both of these issues are presented in a non-traditional way, especially issue eight. Because you get most of that as journal entries, first-person narration from Doom but also Victorious and, and even Blue Marvel. And then in issue nine, you don't get all of that, but you get the first chunk of it, which is narration that we get from the Expositional News Network, courtesy of podcasting's Michael Bailey. So again, that technique, this type of storytelling, might not be your preferred method of comic book reading. I get that. You're wrong, but I get that. And fundamentally, down to the core, what these issues tell us, what this whole series tells us so far, is that nobody can defeat Dr. Doom. Except Dr. Doom. Epic and tragic storytelling. 
Just to check my own biases, I did a little poking around the internet for other reviews of these issues just to see if I was totally out of the mainstream with how much I'm enjoying this as it is running to its inevitable conclusion. And actually, no, the reviews seem to be, for the most part, varying levels of of good to really good. Here is an example. Uh, These are some comments from the Issue 8 review by Pauly P., on the Weird Science Marvel Comics website. This book continues to be a slow burner, with the luxury of being off in its own corner of the Marvel Universe and free from being derailed and caught in crossover land. We've seen Doom as both a villain, anti-hero, and even somewhat a hero, but never has it been this multi-layered and complex and, frankly, tragic. It makes a great book. If you want to stay in the Marvel Universe but need a break from the capes and tights, it has a definite Shakespearean slash Game of Thrones vibe to it, with enough callbacks to some heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe to remind you where it takes place. That review gave Issue 8 a score of 7.8 out of 10. I agree with most of that. That was a fair review. The tragic elements, balanced with the wonderful character study, that gets it just right. On these podcast episodes, I want to look at the sales figures for the title, which are available at Comicron.com. The most recent figures are for September, the month of issue 7. And Doctor Doom 7 sold an adorable 22 to 26,000 issues, landing at number 86 on the sales list. Due to the recent changes in the distribution and ordering process uh, that happened to the comics book books industry during the, the lockdown phase, uh, Comicron is just using estimates at this point in terms of, of sales figures. Now, That number represents basically the same issues sold as issue four the last time we analyzed sales, and a slip of just three places on the charts. Basically, where the sales were for this title at issue three, that is where they've stayed since. So we know who the Doom loyalists are, you 22,000 to 26,000 good, good people. And more importantly... Doom also knows. Now the next, and also final, issue of the title, Dr. Doom number 10, was in fact released on Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, and we will talk about it here in about a month or so. And since 2020 was such a year of unmitigated joy and success and thriving, I can only expect this issue to end with a big party and a celebration, a true carnival atmosphere. Oh, wait. Never mind. But to stoke your anticipation for that issue and for the related podcast episode, here is the blurb from previews. The Crack of Doom concludes. Following a painful, self-inflicted disaster on the moon, Dr. Doom suddenly finds himself back on Earth, but an Earth he recognizes only from dreams and visions. 
where a very different Victor Von Doom is the benevolent savior and leader of humanity. As are embittered and embattled, Dr. Doom finally comes face to face with his peaceful alter ego. He'll be forced to decide. Should he take the lessons of this better world in order to save his own? If you have any feedback on this episode, either of these issues, or anything related to The Good Doctor, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can do that via email, relativelygeeky at gmail.com, or as a comment on the Facebook or blog post for this episode. The blog is at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening. Take care. And hail doom. Hail hey, 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 hey.